Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Samir Desai. And on today's episode, we wanted to speak to emergency medicine applicants and specifically provide advice on how to do well on the EM clerkship. So, Samir, the first question I wanted to ask was, why is it so important to do well on your EM clerkship? Well, the EM clerkship grade is so very important to residency programs and program directors. We know that from the results of a number of studies. In a recent survey of over 70 program directors in emergency medicine, the EM clerkship grade was given a very, very high mean importance rating. So to give you an idea of how high it was, it was rated 4.8 on a scale of 1 to 5, with 1 not being not a, not at all important, with 5 being very important. And uh, I think you said that there was only one factor that was given a higher mean importance rating, and what was that factor? The only factor that was rated higher than the EM clerkship grade was a letter of recommendation in the specialty. So if you think about it, your EM clerkship performance is highly valued, not just because of its EM clerkship grade, but because of the letter of recommendation that's going to be generated from your experience. Well, I think given the importance of the clerkship performance in the residency selection process, I know that you're often asked for advice on how to do well on rotations. Uh, I wanted to go over some specific questions on ways to make a strong impression. And I know you have your top 10 uh, suggestions. Let me um, ask you about the first suggestion that you've given, um, which is to uh, really focus on common symptoms encountered in the emergency department. Can you uh, expand upon that? Absolutely. So in the emergency department, uh, you will encounter certain symptoms more often than others. And, uh, you know, a number of symptoms account for the majority of encounters. And so if you can identify those symptoms and then become familiar with the work of those, of those symptoms, then you're going to be very, very productive in the emergency department. And what's preferable to do is to get familiar with the workup of these symptoms before your rotation begins so that on day one you can really make a great impression. What about your second tip, which is referring to the standardized letter of evaluation? Right. So emergency medicine clerkships will uh, utilize the standardized letter of evaluation. So for listeners who are not familiar with what that is, the letter of recommendation process in emergency medicine is different than other rotations. And so a number of years ago, the Council of Emergency Residency Directors created the standardized letter of evaluation, which is basically a form letter which allows the uh, attending to evaluate you and compare you with your peers. And that standardized letter of evaluation is made public to students at the Council of Emergency Medicine Residency Program Director's website. What I found is that a lot of students aren't familiar with its content. And that's something that's very, very important to do. You need to know what's on there so that you can showcase the qualities and skills uh, that evaluators are looking for so that you can get the best possible letter for you. Okay. And, um, and I'm going to jump back to clinical care. Uh, when you're in the emergency department, obviously, you're seeing patients at very acute phases of their illness, and sometimes you uh, handle very ill patients. Do you have any advice related to that? 
absolutely. Uh, you'll be encountering patients who may be very, very sick. Uh, and even patients who are relatively stable can take a quick uh, turn for the worse. So when you are with the patient, you really need to trust your instincts. If something doesn't seem right to you or you have some sort of concern, your gut is just telling you that, you know, things are not going well for this patient, then I really, really want you to step outside uh, of that room and go get your attending or your resident because uh, there have been situations where students have found themselves with a very, very sick patient, someone who's taken a turn for the worse, and then rather than get somebody involved, they've gone on to uh, perform a very, very lengthy evaluation only for their attending and resident to say, why didn't you come and get me? Yeah, and I think the other important point here, which is something that you've emphasized in the past, is that sometimes patients can be really sick and not have vital signs that reflect that. That's right. So you'll have your vital signs reported by the nurse or whoever did the triage, and then you'll obviously want to take your own vital signs, and so if you see anything there that concerns you, bring that to your attending or resident's attention, but don't rely fully on the vital signs. If there's something else that's bothering you, trust your instincts. Good. And let's go, um, let's take that to the next point, which is about the type of history and physical exam you should be doing in the emergency department. Can you expand upon that? Right. So one of the things that students have to adjust to is the demands of the EM rotation, and in particular, the shift work that's present in the ED. So with the shift work, there are so many patients to be seen in a very short period of time that things have to move. And uh, one of the concerns that attendings have with respect to having students uh, involved with them is, you know, how long will patients have to stay in the ED? And length of stay is an important issue for emergency department uh, physicians. And so you want to do everything you can to be efficient. And that can be hard for students because you're so used to doing comprehensive histories and physical exams, but in the ED you want to do focused histories and physicals. And what about, what about the pelvic exam um, or a rectal exam? Do you have any specific advice on that? Right. So there are sensitive parts of the exam that may be uh, warranted based on what the patient is coming in with. But uh, what I would recommend is that if something like that is needed, to uh, wait on doing those things until you discuss it with the attending or resident. Okay. And along with performing a focused history and exam, you're going to be presenting your patient. Do you have advice regarding the patient presentation? Yes, I do. So the patient presentation is so very, very important. Uh, you'll be evaluated on many different things, but the reality of the situation is your attending physician may not be able to see all of those things. So in other words, he or she may not be able to see the quality of your history taking. So uh, what they will do is they rely on the oral keys presentation to give them information about all these different areas. And so you want to make sure this oral case presentation is done very, very well. And uh, in the EM rotation, uh, it requires a different mindset. And do you have any recommendations on resources to help you learn how to do a very good EM oral case presentation? Absolutely. So uh, there 
are resources made available by some of the emergency medicine organizations. They are guides to the clerkship uh, put out by the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine. Uh, there are also uh, literature. There are some research studies that have been done uh, featuring, featuring several different ways to present cases in the emergency department, and with the focus being on how can students present for two to three minutes. So that's very, very different than what students have been accustomed to. So, for example, in internal medicine, they may have had the luxury of being given 10 minutes to present a patient, but in the ED, that's not possible. So what I encourage students to do is go to these organizational websites, search the literature, and also come to our own website, thesuccessfulmatch.com, where we link to some of these sites as well as some of these reference articles on how to give EM presentations. I think that's a, probably a really important point that a lot of students don't realize because I think if you have a certain level of uh, comfort with giving an oral case presentation, you may not recognize how important it is in EM to really modify that and to really make it a point of study for you to be prepared for that aspect of your rotation. I think a lot of students will be studying up on the kind of case that they would see, but they may not necessarily spend as much time working on their oral case presentation skills. So I think that's an excellent point. Uh, along those same lines, uh, what would you say sets apart top performers from average performers in the emergency department? Well, one thing that sets apart top performers from average performance goes back to the oral case presentation and what students offer in the assessment and plan section. And so what I've seen happen uh, quite often is that a student will do a fantastic job reporting the history, describing the physical exam findings, offering you know the results of the lab test, but then when it gets to the assessment and plan, uh, they may just sort of look to the attending or resident or they may uh, express um, some uncertainty or, or some hesitancy. And what's really important here is that you offer a well-reasoned assessment and plan. And, and you can't expect to be 100% correct with it, but you'll have some ideas, and you'll want to express those ideas because the EM attending wants to see the way in which you think, the way in which you solve problems. And that assessment and plan section is so very, very important to providing a, a window into your thought process. And I want to leave you with a quote from one of the leaders in emergency medicine. This is uh, Dr. Mahadevan, who's a professor of emergency medicine at Stanford University. And he writes that outstanding medical students have given thought to the differential diagnosis with attention to life-threatening causes and have come up with a reasonable diagnostic and treatment plan. That's very helpful. I, uh, I know we have several other points of advice for EM students. Um, I think that will be the focus of our next episode where we'll go into those in more detail. And uh, I do want to restate for our listeners that some of the resources that Dr. Desai has mentioned are available on our website thesuccessfulmatch.com. We have links to some of these reference articles. And if you go to the podcasting page, if you have specific questions that you would like to see us respond to in future episodes, please feel free to drop us a note. So uh, we'll end there.